Grace you and peace in the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are a lot of passages and concepts in the Scriptures that are difficult to understand and to appreciate. For example, when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, or when He says that we should turn our other cheek to the person who has just slapped us in the face so they can strike us again. Or that we cannot be His disciple if we don't hate our parents, our siblings, our spouse, and our children. Those are all difficult and confusing things to comprehend. Especially because Elsewhere in the scriptures, we're told that anyone who loves God but hates his brother is a liar. So which is it? Are we supposed to love our brother or hate our brother? The words and the concepts of God's word can be confusing. And so it is with a portion of our epistle reading this morning where Paul tells us that we are to rejoice in our sufferings. What? That seems crazy, right? I mean, unless you're some sort of masochist. But otherwise, how in the world could folks ever be expected to rejoice when they're going through suffering? I, for one, have had my fair share of physical and emotional sufferings in my life, and rejoicing is about the last thing in the world that I wanted to do. In fact, I'm pretty certain that if you were to uh, go up to a person who is going through suffering, perhaps a person who's lost a loved one, or has been diagnosed with some physical disease, or maybe has suffered through a devastating financial loss, and you told him or her that she was to rejoice, you'd probably get a rather quick and uh, nasty response. And thus, while this word from Paul is most certainly God's word, it isn't necessarily a comforting word if you don't really understand it. As most of you might remember, my uh, youngest daughter, Micah, grew up playing soccer. I spent a lot of time and a lot of money taking her to those evening practices and those weekend uh, tournaments and matches all over the place. And she was a good player. And she had aspirations to play college soccer, maybe even at the Division I level. So I did what I could to help her toward that goal that she had set for herself. And by God's grace, she was recruited and signed to go to a D1 school and play for them. But after one month of soccer in college, she had had enough. She wasn't enjoying it. She didn't like the school. She wasn't able to put adequate time into her studies. 
She had no time for herself, and she was just plain miserable. So she quit the team. She changed colleges and ended up having a wonderful college experience. But when she quit the team, I kept thinking to myself, why in the world did I spend all this time and money trying to help her play college soccer if she was only going to play for one month? And even though I'm the one that encouraged her to quit because I could see how miserable she was, I still often thought that I had wasted a lot of time and a lot of money. But my wife helped me realize that all that soccer had not been a waste. Because you see, it gave Micah and myself time together as a father and as a daughter. And our relationship is strong. And we are close because we spent those countless hours driving in the car and staying at cheap motels. You see, I thought the goal in all those years of soccer, I thought the goal was to get her to play college soccer. But God had a completely different goal in mind. His goal was to bond us as a father and as a daughter. In 2 Corinthians, Paul prayed to God about a suffering that he was going through in his life. And God responded to Paul by saying this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul then responded to Jesus' words by saying, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, if going through suffering means that God's power is going to rest on me, then I'm going to rejoice in that suffering. If going through trials and temptations means that I'm going to have to lean on God more heavily. And that because of that, we're going to grow closer through that whole process. That I'm going to delight. I'm going to delight in those trials and those temptations. If my weaknesses and my hardships and my persecutions and difficulties will be the avenue through which God causes me to persevere, by which he, he builds my character and strengthens my faith, which in turn fills me with an unshakable hope, unshakable hope in His love for me, and a hope that just clings to Christ and Christ alone for my salvation. Then I will, crazy as it sounds, 
rejoice in those weaknesses and hardships and difficulties. You see, sometimes I think we forget what the goal of our faith is. The goal of our faith is not so that we can live carefree, wonderful lives here and now. The goal of our faith is to get us to heaven. Peter wrote this in his first epistle. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. No matter what trial you go through, no matter what suffering we endure, the Lord's goal, all of it, is to draw us closer to Himself so that we rely on the forgiveness which He won for us through His Son's death and resurrection so that we rely on the love that He has shown us through His Son's death and resurrection. For ultimately, He wants us to be faithful unto death so that we can receive that crown of everlasting life. And if my suffering is necessary to secure that future, then I will gladly rejoice in my sufferings. God be the glory. Amen.